102.5 FM, KXSFLP, San Francisco, and KXSF.FM. You're tuned in to Spark, informing minds, inspiring ideas, igniting innovation. Let the conversation sink into your soul. This is Kelly Marlowe, host of Spark. Change is constant and is speeding up even faster now. One indication is the number of people pivoting in their lives. This requires us to be able to adapt with agility. Most importantly, unleash our creativity to fulfill our potential in our pivot. Today, I'm talking with Maria Brito, a leading expert on creativity. She will share how we can better tap into our creativity to successfully transition in our ongoing pivots, especially in today's fast-paced, changing environment. Thank you for joining me on Spark today, Maria. Sure. Hi, Kelly. Thank you for having me. How do you define creativity and its process? Well, creativity is your unique ability to come up with ideas of value that are relevant for today. So it's a pretty comprehensive definition of creativity, but it's also pretty attainable to anybody because I not only believe that anybody can be creative, but I think that based on all the studies that I have checked and rechecked, every human being is born with inexhaustible creativity. But as we get older and we are exposed to things like education and news and rules and theories that are supposed to be unchallengeable, then we lose that ability to create. So the creative process can be something as important as coming up with a vaccine or something as important as painting the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel. And it's not confined to artists. In fact, is the most crucial skill for anybody if they want to survive and thrive in the world that we live in. Sounds like part of the challenge may be that we're inundated with too much information today. And I feel that we need to be creative faster. Kind of we got to be more agile in terms of our responses now, because everything's changing so quickly, right? So it's like it's like a muscle we really have to be able to use all the time. Part of being creative is being flexible and the willingness to adapt and pivot. Those are all attributes of someone who's really creative. And so what happens is that sometimes people get way too stubborn from their specific idea and they have a hard time shifting. It's a shame because there's no such thing anymore, for example, as a 25-year career. That doesn't exist anymore unless you are a doctor, maybe if you're an attorney or a judge, things like that. But the truth is that the best and most important of the skills nowadays is that pliability that you have to make if you want to survive as a business owner or as an entrepreneur or a manager in a company, a freelancer. It's just, like you said, it goes very fast. We have the capabilities of adapting to new times like we have seen in the past two and a half years. I mean, we've been through 
something that we never thought we were going to see in our lifetimes and live and experience. And we've had to improvise and come up with solutions that we never thought we needed to use. And so that's pretty much what creativity is, is, is finding also those solutions, is coming up with those ideas of value that are relevant to today because the idea was good five years ago. It just doesn't work for me anymore or for the world. And if the idea is way too far ahead in the future, you're probably going to have a hard time implementing it with a team that you have unless the manpower that is required to get an idea that is so far ahead in the future, it's better to have an idea that is good for today. It sounds to me that if you can't be flexible, you're less likely to be creative. And it's especially important right now with the number of people who are pivoting in their lives. How can they use creativity to help them in their pivot? TBD is not just one thing. And this is something that I explore in depth in my book because we have had this mythology that creativity is a God-given talent or that it is this one thing that shows up and turns everything around or is an unusual occurrence in somebody's life. No, creativity is an amalgamation of different skills that incorporate the ability to pay attention to what's happening in your area but also outside of your area. It is the ability to utilize your own skills and ability and match them or mingle them with things that aren't necessarily part of the expected. Creativity is about curiosity. It is about authenticity. It's about empathy. So it's not just one thing. And that's why I really feel that the concept of being flexible and being adaptable is a very important part of being creative as it is pivoting. You cannot call somebody creative if that person is rigid. You can't call somebody creative if that person is inflexible. Those are things that all together in combination bring creativity to whatever it is that you do. And so this is super important in teams as well, where there are a group of people trying to find solutions. If somebody is extremely rigid, especially top down, if you have a leader, a CEO, a boss that can't really accept other people's perspectives or different points of view and navigate the constant challenges, that business, that team has very little chances of surviving. And that's where empathy comes in. It's a diff- it has a lot of different variables. For example, I'm trying to bring a product to life or a service, and I don't really know what my clients want. It's because I really don't have that much empathy. I mean, empathy comes from a place where you have to be able to read human emotions. And in a world where everybody has their worlds behind screens, you become very bad at empathy because you don't understand people. And that is a big problem. And so empathy comes in not only in the way that you work with your teammates, but it's also the lifeblood of a business that understands the customers. Because I don't really know any business that has no customers. If you don't know what they want because you have no idea how other people behave, how other people think, what market wants, then also, again, who are you creating for? What are you doing? And, and who are you serving? can be behind a screen without necessarily having to be in touch with the world. Perhaps, you know, there are other occupations that are much better, but succeeding in a world of entrepreneurship or artistry or 
or whatever it is you want to bring to the world without empathy is very, very difficult. Great. So besides flexibility, adaptability, being a good listener and empathy, let's say you are stuck. You have a blank piece of paper in front of you and you're trying to generate ideas. Is there a strategy in how you can creatively come up with ideas and how to get to where you want to go? I think that creativity requires action. And of course, I know that people can get stuck, but the counter for that is to start doing something. I remember I was reading once an interview many years ago with Stephen King and somebody asked him what was the hardest part of being a writer. And he said, write, right? Because that really is what's the hardest thing is to be able to sit in front of the computer to type the first words. And if it is at its grave, whatever you put in front of your eyes on that cursor, then you have to start again or you have to edit. And so, so automatic writing is a technique that actually was pioneered by the surrealists in the 1920s. And because they were obsessed with Freud, who was at the time alive, and they had conversations with him, and they were thinking, how do you take things out of the subconscious and the world of dreams and things like that? And so automatic, con- you know, automatic writing is just the stream of consciousness is just writing down whatever comes and if it doesn't, nothing comes out and you write nothing comes out a million times until you get something out of your head and start actually getting your ideas flowing. But I don't really know much people who can have a piece of paper in front of them and a pencil and start writing and not stumble upon a, on a good idea at some point. And sometimes these things have to be done in a series of several days to be able to to start reaping some sort of fruit out of this. Action is very important. The first step is always what's the hardest, but it's usually the one that is needed. I, you know, I've heard from a lot of people who are like, I can't come up with ideas. I don't, and I ask them, but why are you doing? And they say nothing. I'm just thinking. I'm just sitting down here waiting for the idea to hit. And that really is not how creativity happens, although moments of silence and downtime are very important, but only if they are preceded by action. Well, it sounds like a lot of times people are overwhelmed by their emotions. Let's say they feel that they can't do this, they can't do that, and that may be preventing them from coming up with ideas. So it sounds like they would have to address the emotional barriers first. A lot of the emotional component of people and the excuses they give to themselves for not wanting to do something. And it all depends on what kind of barriers you're talking about, right? I mean, is it like a barrier of a disease like depression that needs to be treated that I consider it is a disease and a very serious one? Or is it more a negative self-talk. I mean, those things are outside of the realm of what I do because, again, I'm not a psychologist. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a business owner, and I'm a person who has been peeling the layer of creativity for many years. My suggestion is always to be very, very authentic with who you are and to do not necessarily be as negative and uh, try to self-censor all your ideas as your worst parent, right? I mean, you have to be kind of your best friend in these situations and try to guide yourself with compassion and 
not with toxic positivity, because that's also not what I'm advocating for, but with the space of possibility, which is always how creativity flourishes, right? I mean, the, the best ideas do not start fully mature. When Steve Jobs conceived the iPhone, it was almost like an impossible thing. But it happened eventually, and that's the same with everything. So how do you put yourself in the space of possibility, really, is by knowing that everything really has started with an idea. Progress and creativity are go hand-in-hand. Hand. Without ideas, humans wouldn't be here. There wouldn't have been you know, cures for diseases. That all started with ideas. We wouldn't have cars or planes. So it's actually the engine of everything. So that's a really good point. You can start with an idea that seems impossible and just not be discouraged and say, well, how's that going to happen? And how can we do this? It doesn't exist today. How do you dig deeper, let's say, if you feel like you max out at where you are with your creativity? Is there a method or approach where you can say you can keep on going deeper? process of self-discovery is something that never ends. It doesn't really matter how old you are. And I think that purpose changes in your lifetime, right? I mean, you don't necessarily have to have the same purpose when you were 10 as when you were 20 as when you were 40. And so those are opportunities for you to tell yourself it's time to change. And how do you know when it's time to change, when something really doesn't give you pleasure, when you are in a routine that you despise? Because all those things, at the end of the day, cause more harm physically and mentally than taking leaps of faith on our own dreams, right? And our own desires and other things that we can do but at the same time you need a little bit of yes ideas that are impossible can happen but but what i said before is you have to be also realistic in the sense that if you do not have the team or if you don't have the money or you don't have the skills you have to start with a lesser dream not necessarily the one where you're going to build a rocket ship that's going to land on Mars tomorrow, but perhaps you start by thinking, what is the part of that rocket ship that I can work on today that I can sell to NASA or to SpaceX, right? Because it is all compound effects. Um, I have a friend who once told me that it's, it's easier for people to actually rehearse the speech of the Academy Awards when they win the Oscars and actually to move their bots to the acting classes, right? So it's all about how do you really envision something that is both grand but realistic? Because I think that's where we trip up. It's like some people dream too small, and obviously they just settle. And some people dream enormously big, but not for their capabilities. And when things don't happen, they get disappointed. But I think that every human being has so much to give because each one of, each one of us has a set of circumstances and characteristics and upbringing, culture, background, and things that you have seen that nobody else has. And that is actually remarkable. 
because it's, it's, it's enriching. And so the truth is I wholeheartedly believe everybody has millions of dollars in ideas inside of their heads or aren't necessarily reaching their maximum creative potential. But because of many of the things that condition us in taking things at face value, then people start capping themselves. If we didn't have to worry about money circumstances and we wanted to maximize our creativity potential, what does that mean? Does that mean we have to work on creativity every day? Yes. These are daily habits and they are not necessarily like because it sounds so abstract. How do I work on my creativity every day? Something that really, it could potentially just be applicable to painters, let's say, but it's not. And that's what I I was uh, saying before. It's an amalgamation of skills. So if you keep asking questions, you're always going to be creative because why things have to be the way they are, right? I mean, if you come across a type of service or something, or a product, or you're wondering why is nobody talking about this thing, or why is it that nobody has invented this? Those are questions that are very, very valid for creativity. So that inquisitive mind is the mind of the creative person. Willingness to make associations that other people miss, right, are also very important spaces for you go and explore them, the intersections of industries, where things meet, and those those spaces are super critical and crucial for creativity because just doing the same as the mainstream is not necessarily where you're going to find the best ideas, right? Because it's already been said and done. But if you start exploring the margins, if you start exploring fringes, if you see little movements with kids, what are they doing? Because that's where things usually start, and they start very small, and people dismiss them because as adults, you tend to think that that's just for kids. And then one, the next time, you, you miss the, the whole TikTok thing, right? Because you thought it was just for kids. Or when social media and Facebook started, it was dropout who thought, it was interesting to rate girls and things like that with pictures on on a website. You know, a lot of investors missed that boat because they just could not see that. Instagram had 100 users when it started. It was called The Urban. And with the right tweaks and the right hustling, it became Instagram. What takes that away from you being the next person who can do those things, it's you. It's yeah, nobody but it's more, else. But it's more than just asking questions, right? You have to also know how to create. You have to know how to come up with ideas and how to materialize them, right? And, and it starts with asking questions because if you take life as it is, then there's nothing else for you to create. That's the truth. When I created my business, nobody was doing what I was doing. And I was asking why is nobody doing this the way I envision it? And there you... was no real answer. It was just nobody was doing it. And that is, that's how things start, in fact. But how do you create a creativity habit on a daily basis? It's not just about asking questions, right? Asking questions is one of them. Paying attention is another one. Acting, because again, I'm not talking about creating a painting. I mean, ideas first happen in the head and then they start taking shape 
long as they are out of your mind. And so how do you do that is by taking action. And what, what does action mean is a piece of research that you have to go after is picking up the phone and calling people. It is, uh, you know, getting a budget together, right? It all starts with action. And, but first you have to ask the question and you have to have the ability to spot what are the problems that you're solving. And that's the other thing, because somebody's got to want what you're doing because you're solving a problem. And that can only happen if you're paying attention. So that has, that's how you create. You first start by paying attention. You first start by asking questions. And then you go and do them. Because if you do the opposite, then it doesn't work. If you just go and create something, but you didn't ask the questions, and you didn't pay attention to what the world wanted, you just wasted your precious time. And that's what happens to many companies, that they just start doing things without really knowing what problem they're solving, what people want, what are the questions they have to ask, and then they fail. Most businesses fail within the first five years. That's a really good point because they don't either ask the right questions or they're asking the questions that they think they want to hear. Uh, what about the idea of the muse or the need for inspiration to envision new possibilities? Can you talk about inspiration and where it comes from? Yeah. Inspiration is very important, and it can come from anything, from your personal heroes to a film you watched to a piece of art to, you know, reading a biography of someone you admire. And I think that the muse is a beautiful concept, but it's a little bit misunderstood. And it uh, obviously comes from ancient Greece and it was written for the first time in Homer's poems because he said that the muse was coming to bring all these ideas to poets. And it's beautiful in that sense, but I think that you have to work at inspiration so that it actually materializes in your work. And so how do you do that is by being alive here and now, right? And, and having the courage to... It's, it's the, the mindfulness that it requires to be a human being, which not many people are very good at because with this level of distractions and the terrible events that are happening in the world, it's very easy to lose the here and now that we need. Don't you also have to expose yourself to new ideas, new experiences, and new, new everything all the you time? You have to, but, you know, people find inspiration in anything that they want to find. I think that, obviously, if you really, really want to disrupt, if you really want to shake, if you really want to come up with something amazing, you have to be willing to look outside your circle, the people you hang out with, or your own industry. That is very, very critical for creativity and inspiration, but you can be inspired by anything that tickles your fancy and you just want to have this either willingness to incorporate that piece of inspiration in what you do. You want to expand it further and say, I can do it better. I can do it differently. I can tweak. I can combine those pieces of inspiration. You don't know necessarily how things are going to affect your thinking because the way that we store information in our brain is 
pretty mysterious in the sense that the subconscious has stored absolutely every experience, everything you have seen, everything that you have heard in your lifetime. But you don't remember everything at the same time because it'll be so overwhelming you couldn't live. And so inspiration can come from the strangest places. And you do have that information somewhere in your brain stored. And absolutely, you said it right. The more you expose your senses to different things, to things that are outside of your comfort, to different thoughts coming from a variety of points of view that may be contradictory, but perhaps they are enlightening because you can find good things on both sides of extreme point of view. But the, the, the interesting thing is how you synthesize those different elements and how you combine them in your own specific way. People need daily structure to become creative. Tell us about your creativity course and how it helps to work with people. Structure and routines are extraordinarily important because by doing what you do is how you master an area. And how creativity happens is when you can get out of that routine and look for the unexpected and look for the surprise, for look for the things that people, again, were not really paying attention before. And so what I do in my course is that I, I help people who are still kind of doubting their creative capabilities or they think they can do better to reclaim this incredible set of skills and abilities and to bring them to their life in a concrete way. And it's it pretty much the book mirrors the, the structure of the course because it got to the point where I was seeing my students get such incredible results that I wanted to offer a book where people could actually have it in a different way and carry it with them and not have to pay the same thing as the course. And so it is very important that anybody develops a routine. What is the name of your book? My book is called How Creativity Rules the World. It's published by HarperCollins. Okay, wrapping up, would creativity being the key to solving today's challenges? What are the top five ways that people can start living a more creative life? The first is trying to be more mindful of the here and now and pay attention to your surroundings so that you can spot the needs that society is clamoring for right now and not, as I said at the beginning, not five years ago or 10 years ahead. The second thing is to spend time in alone and in silence every day because we do need action, we do need stimuli, but we also need to separate ourselves from our devices and from the noise of the world because those pockets of silence are necessary for the incubation period of ideas. And so it's very important that people schedule even if it's just five minutes alone in silence, no music, nothing else. Another thing is question what's been given to you, whether it is by the media or if somebody says that's impossible, is it really, you know, look at those opportunities where you're not satisfied with something and nobody has done anything else that's better. 
I think a lot of ideas are not stored properly, and I suggest that you carry with you a notebook and a pen, and it's much better in ideas flow much better in that way that if you were typing it, I have a whole chapter in my book about why is that, that really has changed my life to really write down things in an analog method and not just typing them. I think also making associations and playing with yourself if you are outside in the world, thinking about unusual ideas, how many different types of usages can a paper clip have, right? Like putting yourself in those situations where you are thinking outside of the norm. You go to a restaurant and order the things that you would never order. If you're only wearing black, push yourself outside of your comfort zone and wear red. All those things have an impact. They are so small. But the, the point is that these acts accumulate over time. That creativity is not just one event. It is a series of actions. It's an amalgamation of those actions, habits, and skills. And people can really, really see a huge difference in their lives once they have committed to these practices daily. These are great exercises that we can do every day. Thank you for sharing your expertise and joining me on Spark today. Well, thank you, Kelly, and thank you, everybody who listened. It's a pleasure.